Hello, this is Jeff Patterson, the senior pastor of Wesley Memorial Church in High Point, North Carolina. Thank you for subscribing to our podcast. It's great to stay connected. I'm excited about the new sermon series uh, that is beginning in the month of August. It is a study of the book of Habakkuk, a great Old Testament prophet. The title of the sermon series is When God Doesn't because the prophet asked God some really tough questions in the book. And we're going to study that book together and learn how to uh, worship and love and serve God in the midst of very confusing times. So thank you for joining us. We're continuing through our study of the book of Habakkuk with a sermon series entitled, When God Doesn't. Habakkuk asked God the tough questions We're in chapter 2 today, beginning at the first verse. Habakkuk writes, I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what God will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so that a runner may share it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them. But the righteous live by their faith. This is very much the Word of God. Thanks be to God. The year 2020 is a very interesting, challenging, strange, even bizarre time. I think going forth from this year, we will hear a new phrase in our vocabulary. You may hear someone say, what kind of day are you having? And the other person may respond, It has been a total 2020. This has been a challenging year. Interesting, bizarre, strange, and even sad time. We look at a lot that's going on around us and we have a lot of questions as to why life is structured this way. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Over 160,000 Americans have died. Here in our congregation, we've been blessed. I don't know of, but a very few members of our congregation that have contracted the coronavirus, but our staff shared the coronavirus with each other. Seven of our staff became ill, tested positive for the coronavirus. Two of our musicians ended up in the hospital because of the virus. It has been a strange difficult time. And then recently, we had an earthquake here in the state of North Carolina, the first one of that magnitude in over a hundred years. I was sitting in my church office on the third floor in my corner office surrounded by windows. So it really got my attention when those windows started to shake. It's been a unique year in so many ways. And then many of us have been very saddened by the tremendous explosion that rocked the city of Beirut in Lebanon 
recently because of my many visits to the Middle East, I have a special place in my heart for the people of that region. And we have at least one church member here at Wesley Memorial Church that is a native of Lebanon, and I'm sure that he has been greatly saddened by that explosion that killed over 150 people and devastated thousands. These have been interesting, challenging, strange, bizarre, even sad days. But I'm so grateful, church, that our security, my security, is in God. This morning we are returning to our study of the book of Habakkuk, that Old Testament prophet that lived over 600 years before the time of Jesus Christ. He lived in a time when the city of Jerusalem was racked with wickedness. And he dared, he was bold enough, he was candid enough to go to God and say, Oh Lord, how long? How long must the righteous suffer and the wicked prosper? And God answered Habakkuk, we saw this last week, when God said to Habakkuk that he would, he would correct the people of Jerusalem, but he would use the Babylonians to correct the people of Jerusalem by allowing that empire to come against the city of Jerusalem. So in essence, God would use a very wicked people to correct the wicked people of Jerusalem. And of course, this raised even more questions in the mind of Habakkuk the prophet. And of course, he did not in this short little book of three chapters get all of his questions answered. But God gave Habakkuk what Habakkuk needed to make it through the age in which he was living. God gave Habakkuk what was enough for him to not just survive, but to thrive during his days. Here in our text before us, we first encounter Habakkuk in verse 1 of chapter 2, standing on the walls the walls of Jerusalem. He has stationed himself like a sentinel. He is watching, he's waiting to see how God answers his questions. Well, again, he does not get all of his questions answered, but he gets what he needs from God. And here in this text, we see that we see that God gives to Habakkuk two very special Revelations, two very special gifts. He says first to Habakkuk that he is working his purposes out in history according to his schedule. You heard verse 2 where it says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so that the runner may share it with others. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie if it seems to tarry. God says, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. So God is saying to Habakkuk that at the right time, at the appointed time, 
that he, God, will intervene and he will correct and make some things right. God's timing is not always our timing. God does not always act according to our schedule or according to our wishes. But we need to understand that God is always right on time. He's never early. He's never late. God is always right on time. But God tarries sometimes. That's why you heard God say to Habakkuk that if the end, the vision, the fulfillment of the vision seems to tarry, just wait for it. I've often wondered why life is as life is. I've often wondered why we have to endure what we have to endure at times. And I think perhaps it has something to do with God's desire to perfect us in love. The world around us as it exists gives us opportunities to be sanctified as we say in theological circles to grow up in spiritual maturity to become more and more like Jesus Christ again to form us or perfect us in love God allows things into this world into history into our lives that will give us opportunities to learn how to be more Christ like I remember when I was raising my children who are adults now frequently I would say in their hearing that God is more concerned about our holiness than about our happiness. God wants us to be happy but it has to be according to his terms and God knows that our greatest happiness will come by way of holiness by way of living a life that is the result of a holy heart that gives us holy living in this life. So God is working God's purposes out in this world, in history, in our lives, according to God's schedule. So we are called to wait. What are we to do in the meantime as we wait? Well, God gives that gift to Habakkuk also right here in this text by saying to Habakkuk what it is we are to be doing as we're making our journey through the struggles of this life. Verse 4 of this text has God saying to Habakkuk, look at the proud, and I suspect he's talking about the Babylonians at that point, look at the proud, their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by their faith. The right people are the people who live by their faith. The right people live, the Hebrew word is halah, the right people live or even, or even prosper according to their faith. They flourish according to their faith. The righteous, right people live prosper, flourish according to their faith. The word faith here is the Hebrew word emunah. And it doesn't mean a set of theological doctrines. The word faith here, and it's the same way Paul uses the word faith in the New Testament, means a trust, a confidence 
in God. This is a pivotal verse in the Old Testament that is repeated three times in the New Testament. The righteous live by their faith. Paul quotes this verse in Romans and Galatians and the author of Hebrews also quotes this verse. What are we to do in the meantime? How are we to live throughout the, the joys and travails of this life? We are to live by faith which is an assurance, a trust, a confidence in God. And this really means an assurance, a trust, a confidence in the character of God. We know who God is. And because we know who God is, we can trust God with history. We can trust God with our lives. We can even trust God with the lives of our loved ones. The Bible gives us many resources to help us make our journey through life. Next to the Bible, I've run across two quotations that I've used over and over and over again in sermons because I've had to say to myself over and over and over again these two quotations. The first one comes from Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the great preacher of the 19th century there in London. In one of his sermons, Spurgeon says, God is too good to be unkind, and he is too wise to be mistaken. And when we cannot trace God's hand, we must trust God's heart. Do you hear what Spurgeon is saying there? He's saying that when we can't trace God's hand, when we can't trace God's handiwork, when we cannot trace what God is doing, those are the times we must trust God's heart. We know the heart of God. We know the character of God. And that's why trust, confidence, faith is an option for us. So the right people, the righteous, shall live, thrive, prosper, flourish by their faith. Another quotation that has been significant for me in my life is a quotation from Corey Ten Boom, that great Dutch Christian who saved a lot of Jews during the Second World War and as a result ended up in a concentration camp. At one point she said, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Again, we don't know what the future holds. We know the one that holds the future. We don't know what tomorrow might bring, but we know the character of God. And we need to always factor in to our thinking the character of God. I'm glad that in this world, in this life, that our security is not in who we are, it's not in ourselves, 
It's not in our bank accounts. It's not in our own resources or talents. It's not in the people that we know. It's not in our government. Our security is in God. And the people of faith now have about a 4,000 year track record of living this way. Habakkuk said it. Paul repeated it. The righteous, the right people, those who are in a right relationship with God and each other shall live by their faith. I hope that you know that security today. I hope that you feel that security today in a very uncertain world. I hope that you know God well enough to trust God. In Jesus Christ, God has been revealed to us. If you want to know what God looks like, acts like, desires, and dreams for this world and for us, look at Jesus Christ. He is the ultimate revelation of God. I hope that you know this God that's been revealed to us in Jesus Christ in such an intimate way that you can trust this God. I hope that you can trust this love, the love that God has for you in Jesus Christ. We're all going through things in life. I'm sure you're going through something this morning. I hope that you have received the truth that in Jesus Christ, because of your faith, we are not just conquerors, but Paul in Romans 8 says we are more than conquerors. God, as Habakkuk learned, is working his purposes out in the midst of a broken, fallen world, even a world that has much evil in it. God is there in the mix, and God is working God's purpose out according to his schedule. And in the meantime, and in the midst, what are we to do? We just keep trusting God. Would you pray with me? God, I pray for the people today that are listening to me that do not have that relationship with you that brings that level of trust that is an option. I pray that people will so know you through your revelation in Jesus Christ that they can trust you. They can trust you with their lives. They can trust you with the lives of their loved ones as you work your purposes out in history. In the strong name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
But as we leave this time of worship, you and I can go and sing a new song into the world, the song of Jesus, the song of the resurrection, amen, the song of the forgiveness of sins, the songs of the peace of Prince of Peace who wants to come and live within people's hearts and change their lives. We can sing that song. When we lift up the name of Jesus above your own life, you will find your life. So let's go and be real and authentic to the world and say, you know what? I don't have all the answers, but I know that Jesus is real and that he is good and that he will come again. And until that day, we will mourn, but we will also dance and we will sing a new song. A new creation is coming, my friends, and you and I get to take part in that. So go in the power of the Holy Spirit and be the hands and feet of Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you.